So we're here with Bas Eikhout, uh, Greensiefer MEP from the Netherlands, to talk today about F gases. Now, this is a subject, I guess, that many people probably don't know much about. So maybe you could start, Bas, by explaining us a little bit about what F gases are and why we're talking about them now. Uh, that's a good question. I, I get that more often, yeah. <laughs> now, F gases indeed are, are not very much known, but, but everyone has them at home. So, for example, in your fridge, F-gases are. And they are also in air conditioning. I'm not sure you have an air conditioning at home, but, but a lot of people do. Uh, and their F-gases are in. So they are, they are refrigerants, so they make sure that the system that you can cool. Uh, and these F-gases, uh, they stand for fluorinated gases, so that fluor is in. And I think everyone knows about the CFCs in the 80s, depleting uh, the ozone layer and the, the, the hole in the ozone layer. And therefore, people were going to alternatives of these ozone-depleting gases, and that's where the F-gases came in. So we solved one problem in the 80s and in the 90s, phasing out, and we created a new problem because these F-gases are huge greenhouse gases. So they have a tremendous impact on, 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 uh, on greenhouse gases. They're really warming up the climate. Uh, and much more, one molecule of an F-gas is doing that much more than one molecule of CO2, sometimes up to 20,000 times more. Of course, there's more CO2 in the atmosphere, but nevertheless, uh, these F-gases really have a bad effect on climate change. So Therefore, we are now at the, at the moment to say, okay, we need to do something on F-gases and maybe go to other alternatives again. So next step in, in, well, the development of refrigerants. And we're talking about this now because that next step is happening right now? At this moment, this week, uh, there are global negotiations in Kigali, uh, which is in Rwanda, for those who uh, don't know all the capitals in Africa. Um, and, and this is about the Montreal Protocol. So the Montreal Protocol was started for the, uh, phasing out the CFCs. Uh, but then, of course, we got the F-gases. And you can imagine internationally there was a very long discussion on are these F-gases now to be treated under this Montreal Protocol or are they had to be treated like all the other greenhouse gases and that would mean under the Climate Convention. Finally, they decided it has to happen under the Montreal Protocol. And this week, they hope to get to an agreement for a global phase-out of these F-gases. It looks well. It's still, you know, it's the negotiations are ongoing. Uh, countries like India are not easy. But it looks like that a good deal can be struck at the end of this week in Kigali. Excellent news for once that uh, the, the whole world can pretty much agree on something. is, is doesn't happen very often. But no, nice. it doesn't happen that often, no. <laughs> no. Um, I guess one of the reasons maybe why that my people can, can find agreement on this is that there must be some kind of alternative already available to these F-gases, something that we can replace them with. If we didn't true. have that, it wouldn't be so easy. Is that, no, is that's that the true, case? because we want, we want to have uh, refrigerators, right, and air conditioning. Exactly. Uh, no, and I think... And here, to be fair, for once also Europe made a difference. And I think that is also important to note, is that Europe already in 2013 came to an agreement on a regulation that is phasing out F-gases. So Europe decided that a couple of years ago, and that you now really see that is setting a precedent for this global deal. So you can really say that because of Europe's own lawmaking, 
we can have probably now a good deal in Kigali. So that shows that Europe sometimes can have a good impact on the rest of the world. I know that not all people always believe that right away, certainly not in the UK maybe, but this is really showing that Europe makes a difference. And why were we able to do so in Europe? That was, of course, because there was industry working on natural alternatives saying, guys, just phase out all those F gases because we have the alternatives available so we can deliver. So please, lawmakers, give us an indication that these F gases are on its way out because then the investments will go to our business and we can provide you with the good alternatives. Mm. And that's exactly what you see. Good lawmaking is setting a very clear signal for investors and that is leading to innovation. Mm. So that's, that's important to note. Sort of a positive lobbying from the industry for 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 a change for something. something it, it, it was positive. a bit of a classic lobby, right? <laughs> so you had the conservative industry saying, "No, we need more time. It's difficult." But of course, they vested totally into F gas production, mm. etc. So they're not really re willing to change. And there was this upcoming industry saying, "Hey, but we are already mm. we already invested in these alternatives. So do it." Mm -hmm. And it was a fight between uh, those two industries. And fortunately enough, in the parliament. We really fought for the strong voice of the alternatives, mm. so the upcoming industry. It was a green rapporteur, so it's, you know, I do want to make the point that if the greens are in the lead, that can happen. Right. And I think in the end, we, we managed to get a good deal yeah. in this law. Yeah, and these alternatives then are... are just as cost effective for the for the industry or are they are they more expensive are they are they well of course the, 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 what, there are differences in the beginning I mean if you have a, a technology that is out there for a, a deck couple of decades of course that's cheaper new technologies it takes time before it can really outcompete the, the longer uh, alternatives longer sitting alternatives but what you see happening now and therefore maybe also important to stress is we commissioned a study to look at the effect of, of the EU regulation, what has it done in the market? Because we always talk about it like, okay, we can set signals in the market and then it will change. Well, this report shows that after three years of the EU law, you really see a change in the market in Europe. You see a fast growth of supermarkets that are now using natural refrigerant systems. That has been, has been an increase, a fourfold increase of those supermarkets doing that you see investments growing in these alternatives and you really see you know alternatives companies popping up all over europe mm -hmm. where they were first mainly in denmark germany netherlands in that well we know the corner where innovational environmental issues are always a bit progressing faster but now you see it all over europe and then of course you see that the costs of these alternatives go down very quickly mm -hmm. and they are now at a competitive level. Mm -hmm. So we mm -hmm. really see now that it's changing rapidly. And if we now get this global deal, we know for sure that this competition will also happen at a global level. And the companies making these products are essentially European companies? I mean, it's not like, yeah. it's not like it is with, uh, with solar panels, for example. You know, the, the cost has come down rapidly, but that's partly because of Chinese production, yeah, etc. Well, not mean. yet. I mean, we also know that once the world is catching up, they're catching up fast. But, but we are really, as European companies, we are really, really, really leading at this moment. And I guess that's also because of our lawmaking, right? We were pushing them harder, so the alternatives are now more developed within Europe. So it's certainly, I mean, the, the bad alternatives are coming from India or Japan also. You, a couple of those companies are a bit stuck in their Afghanses. Mm -hmm. uh, the alternatives are European at the moment. But, you know, if the world starts moving, I'm not going to promise you that we will always stay leading.
that's good to be at the at the front at some some stage anyway. Yeah, even exactly, we are at the front right now. Good, good. Um, and so, I mean, is it is it is it safe to say that not only is this going to be better for our for our environment, but it, it, it will genuinely give a boost to to our economic uh, situation as well here in Europe. I think that's 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 generally you can say that. Yeah, I mean, um, if you now see the growth of those industry, that is of course also a growth in employment. Uh, and it's it is a bit the classic story of what we would call green economy, mm. where you say, okay, lawmaking is needed. Sometimes people in the European Commission forget that, you know, with all their better regulation, pretending that we only do laws that are really necessary. Well, this is a classic example. You set a standard, you give a signal to the market. The market is moving faster than you ever expected and that the lobby, of course, told you that they could. They are moving faster. You see that we are having an edge. We are at the edge of, of the innovation. So we have the companies and we have the employment. And you now see that the world is following us and that we can export our knowledge to that. So it's a classic example of being in the lead of green economy, getting the jobs and getting also the benefit in world competition. So until now, it's a pretty classic success story, which we should have on more issues around climate and environmental legislation. That's a bit difficult with the current commission. Mm -hmm. But on this one, we show also in that study, it is possible and it's also happening on the ground. Great. So to conclude then, maybe maybe what's, what's the next one that we should Focus our efforts on then the next yeah. issue, just to put you on the spot. <laughs> well, I think I think there are many issues to to where you can work on, but I mean, a couple of issues. There was a huge debate at the European Commission what to do with this circular economy. Well, I think this is another classic example where you can lead on how to deal with you know waste, not treating it anymore as waste and get away with it, but just reusing it and making sure that that our that our economy is really much more profitable by using it waste instead of always importing new uh, core issues. So that's one. And of course, on climate legislation, we are in the middle of negotiations around emissions trading, which is setting a price on carbon. It's a huge difficult because the industry is, of course, saying, oh, this is too expensive. We can't deliver. The, uh, we need to be protected. Whereas we know if we are setting a carbon price, we will be at the front of low carbon technologies and then we can lead in the world. But until now, the lobby here is unfortunately stronger. In F-gases, we beat them. I'm not sure we're going to beat them in the ETS lobby. Well, let's keep our fingers crossed for the best result. We're working then. on it. We're working on <laughs> I'm it. I'm sure you are. Thanks a lot, Bas. You're welcome. <laughs>